Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. Anybody know a Scrooge uh, in your life? Uh, you may know some around you. Um, don't elbow anybody. Okay, don't don't make a winky face at anybody. Um, yeah, that would be awkward. But may, maybe maybe you know a Scrooge, and you know the type, right? Uh, you know, uh, crotchety, right? Yeah, crotchety and and grouchy. Um, yeah, maybe a little self-centered, even. Uh, maybe someone like that, isolated, kind of sticks to. Uh, themselves. I don't, I don't know if you know anyone like that uh, in your life. Um, I love that movie uh, that is out, The Christmas Carol, uh, Charles Dickens classic. I love it. That's one of one of my favorites. That's on the top of my list of as far as uh, movies. I, I feel like it's just nostalgic. I can remember watching it uh, as a kid. Now I'm old school. Like some of y'all probably like the Jim Carrey version. How many of you like the Jim Carrey? I think we have a picture of that in the in the slides over there. You'd probably like the Jim Carrey. Uh, version. I'm not. I'm not a fan of that necessarily. Um, I'm like, who, who likes the Muppet one? Come on, don't be. It's okay. We're adults. I had my kids watch it last night. We watched the Muppet one. Uh, last night. I love. I love the Muppets. I grew up watching them all the time. I actually like the Mickey one, the the Disney one, the Mickey Christmas Carol, where Donald Duck is the Scrooge uh, guy. Yeah. Um, I don't. Or maybe it's not Donald Duck. Maybe one of the characters, one of the ducks. I don't know. I can't keep up with all of the characters. But I actually really. Uh, enjoyed that version as well, but obviously there's different versions, but really you've got this guy, he's this old miser, uh, old crotchety guy, he's worked really hard for his money, and so he has a hard time, he's a real business, just business uh, to business kind of thing, and, and I work hard for my money, and I'm not, I'm not giving it away, I'm not giving it to charity, you know, I'm not, I'm not giving it to uh, I'm not giving it to someone else. I worked hard for that money, Olivia, and that's that's my money, and and I shouldn't have to to give this away. So so he's kind of he kind of hoards that all for himself. He lives in this big mansion of a house all by himself. He's isolated. For, he's really grumpy, you know. Like I said, you probably know someone like that. Uh, he's just really grumpy all the time. And it's Christmas time in the movie, and and he's just not. It's it's all humbug, right? It's not. Like, he's not holly and jolly at all. He's not singing Christmas carols. There's, there's no playlist behind him. You know, Mariah Carey is not playing behind him, you know. All I want for Christmas. Yeah, that's, you know, he's just in his cold, dingy, dungy uh, office counting all his coins. Um, and, that, and that's fine uh, with him. And then we see, uh, you know, obviously it's spirit. I, I think he just has this crazy dream. That night, and, and he has this dream, and, and he's visited by all these things, and he begins to relive his past. And, and, and we see through all that, through, through these different ghosts of Christmas past, Christmas present, and, and Christmas yet to come, we, we see that he wasn't always this crotchety, grumpy old guy, right? He was actually a, a kind of fun-loving uh, character when he was younger, but some things that he had been through, his experiences, some of the choices that he had made throughout his life, uh, led him to be the person that he was, that we see him in present uh, day. And certainly he gets a glimpse of what the future holds for him, and it's kind of, it gets a little gloomy there at the end, a little depressing for a minute, and then it lightens back up at the end. But, but we see him uh, see a picture of the end of, of his days, and he begins to reflect. He begins to immediately have this guilt and this shame come upon him as if, man, I've been wasting 
my life being grumpy and crotchety and, and old and hoarding all this for myself. And, and he sees tiny Tim, right? You know, and he's like, man, I could, I could really make a difference in this family's life. And I've been so cruel. This man is, has been working for me and I've been so cruel to him. And he begins to live in this, this shame and in this guilt. And it gets him to change his perspective and change his. We see him from really, you know, grumpy. So at the end, he's really lighthearted, and he's giving gifts to everybody, all the kids, and, 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 and we see that play out in his life. See, our, our past, our, our, our choices, the, the decisions that we make can, can really reflect in how we are living our lives today and where we're going in our future. Last week, we started this series called Ghosts of Christmas Past. Uh, we started um, talking about this because maybe going into Christmas this year, maybe you're not really feeling Christmas at all. Uh, maybe you're not feeling the hope and the joy and the peace and, and all the things that Christmas really uh, is all about. In fact, maybe it's not just Christmas. Maybe it's just some things that you've been going through this year or maybe from years in the past. And it's just built up to this point. And what we go through in life often gets magnified around the holidays, right? And, and, and so maybe you're coming up to Christmas. We're just, just a little bit over a week away. And my kids are counting down, man, every day. They got a little, a little snowman that has the numbers that they can turn, and they're counting down. I'm sure your kids are too, and, and we're counting down, and it's getting close, and maybe you're going into this, and the closer we get to Christmas, the grumpier you might be getting. Maybe you're the screwed. Maybe you're, you're just going it because you're just, there's some things, there's some weight, there's some things that are, are, are weighing down on you going into Christmas. And maybe it's been that way for a while because of some things that you were going through. And so we want to help with that, and we started helping with that last week as we started talking about overcoming offense. If you're carrying offense in your life, that will cause you to feel those ways. And so we talked about how your life is too short and your calling is too great to live offended. And we walked you through some steps to get free from that. Today I want to talk to you about surrendering shame. Surrendering shame, laying that shame down at the feet of of Jesus, man, it's a, it can be a deeply painful emotion. Oftentimes we look at shame as, ooh, dirty, oh, bad, you know. But it is a, it is a deep emotion that people um, feel in, in their life. And it comes from, from different things. It's, it's, it's a soul crushing, it's identity warping. I don't want to get you to see that uh, today. If you're living with shame, if you're living with your past still, Jesus wants to set you free from that. Jesus wants you moving forward to the plan and the purpose and the future that he has in, in your life. But our past, uh, shame, guilt, uh, the, the choices that we have made before, if we're still living with those things that can keep us from being everything that God wants us to be. You remember the scene in Home Alone? Remember the scene in Home Alone? Uh, Kevin, Kevin has found himself, he's this little boy, he has found himself left at home all alone. Y'all know the, the movie, right? It's a classic, right? It's on the top of everybody's favorite uh, Christmas movie uh, list. His, somehow, uh, tragically, his parents and the whole family goes off to Paris without him. And he's left at home all by himself. And, uh, and then he goes to the grocery store one day. Goes to the store, and he's in there shopping, and, and he's got this toothbrush. And he's like, is this approved by the Dental Association? And, 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 and the lady's like, oh, I don't know. And then, and then comes the creepy old man behind him. Y'all remember that, right? Because his brother Buzz told him, hey, this guy, he's got dead bodies in his, in his trash can. And, you know, anybody, an older brother, you ever did stupid stuff like that, right? And so this creepy old guy comes up, and he's like, oh, he's lurching behind Kevin. And Kevin freaks out. He doesn't pay for, for his toothbrush, and he takes off with the toothbrush, and he's running, and the cops are chasing him, and it's this whole crazy scene, and he, 
He gets away. And immediately we see, what have I done? Immediately the shame and this guilt uh, come over him because he knew he did something wrong. Here's the deal. Shame is often associated with guilt. Okay? They're, they're like ugly cousins or something. right? Uh, and guilt would say that I did something wrong or I did something. So I did something wrong or I did something bad. What shame would do is it would, you would be internalized, internalized, not eternalized, internalizing. You'd be internalizing that guilt. And so it shifts from I did bad to now I am bad. Right? So shame is often uh, when we internalize something that we did, a choice that we made. So, so I did bad, therefore I am bad. They, they rejected me, so I'm nothing. After what I did, I'm worthless. Maybe you were a kid, maybe sixth grade or something like that, and mom, mom found your dirty magazine under the mattress, right? And you immediately you feel guilt and shame, right? Uh, maybe you were in high school and you cheated on a test. And maybe at first you were like, hey, I think I can get away with this. But then as soon as you did it, maybe you, you feel it. See, shame is that you, it's an emotion. You feel it. Not, not only did you just do that, but now you feel it. Maybe in college you did something you weren't supposed to do. Caught, arrested for something, stealing or something like that. Maybe, maybe it was something like you said something about someone and, and then they confront you about it. Oftentimes we say something and we... We don't ever think, but, but when someone gets up in your face, it's like, hold up, what'd you say? You know, then, then we, then it kind of kicks in uh, from there. It could be a number of different, maybe, maybe it's an addiction that finally caught up uh, to you and you begin to feel the weight of that choice that you made. Maybe when you were a teenager, maybe you lied to your parents. Maybe you said, hey, I'm spending the night at so-and-so's house, but you weren't really spending the night at their house. Y'all were going to a party, right? Right? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You, you remember being that age, right? And, and, and so, so you're living now with, with any of those things, right? You, you internalize that decision. Not only did I just do bad, but, but I am bad. And, and, and a lot of it comes from just different things that we've been holding behind closed doors, secrets, debt, looking at something you shouldn't, sexual past, addiction, cheating, lying, maybe treating someone poorly, saying something that you wish you could take back. And what happens is when we internalize it, it leads to a particular type of thinking. Then it becomes cyclical in our life. Then it becomes a cycle of, the, of, of, of now I've said it, now I'm feeling it, now I'm thinking it, and then it creates even more actions and consequences. And it leads us to thinking, hey, I'm, I'm defective, I'm damaged, I'm broken, I'm flawed, I'm dirty, I'm ugly, I'm impure, I'm disgusting. Gets us to feeling like we're unlovable. We're weak, we're pitiful, maybe insignificant, worthless, unwanted, and it, and it creates this shame-based thinking in our lives. And if we keep rehearsing it, then we keep living it, and it, and it becomes this cycle. And so what happens, this, it, it causes a ripple effect. It ripples into other things. So what does it do? Uh, shame-based thinking, it makes us vulnerable to perfectionism. Makes us vulnerable because we'll attempt to silence our shame by trying to do everything perfect. So, so if I always do, if I do everything perfect, if I never mess up, no one will ever find out, right? Because I, I, I won't make any mistakes. So there's no way. So, so, so this perfectionism comes into our life. It can be difficult in that to admit failure at all, right? And so it creates this type of life. Shame-based thinking also makes us critical of other people as well as our own self. So what happens is we see our faults mirrored in other people. 
We become judgmental, and then we become perceived as self-righteous or arrogant. Shame-based thinking also makes us have self-defeating thoughts. And what it causes us to do is focus on the worst outcome. And maybe it's not even happened yet, but you're already going there. And you're already focused on the bad. And it sabotages opportunities for you. Sabotages opportunities. It sabotages relationships in your life. So, so let's talk about going into Christmas here just a, a little bit over a week away. You're going into Christmas. The weight of all this stuff, you've been internalizing the shame and, and this guilt. And, you're internalizing, and so, so you're really not even feeling like going to Christmas. You're not even feeling like going to the gathering or going to dinner or doing anything with anybody, right? But you go and little things might set you off. Mom lashes out for no reason, right? And so all of a sudden, you're already triggered, and this just triggers you even more. Dad gets drunk, and he disengages from everybody, right? Or, or, or maybe Uncle Tio, right? You know, Tio, he's in the coquito already. Like, it, before even anybody gets there, he's tipping it back, and, you know, and then he says something because he's not thinking right, and, and you're already triggered, right? It can cause just this hostile environment. In-laws criticize your parenting. But you're living through this perfectionism based on your thinking because of shame. You become hypercritical of others. You become hypercritical of yourself. And it creates this war that rages inside. So you know what? Forget this clean and sober thing. All right? I've been trying it. It's not working because I'm still, I'm, still, I'm still internalizing it. I'm still dealing with it. I'm still living. And, and, and so you know what? This just isn't working. So forget it. You know what? Forget trying to do right by others. I'm going to look out for, you know what? Screw everybody else. I'm going to look out for myself. Because again, you're, you're internalizing and, then you're, and this weight of everything is on you. You know what? Forget this Jesus thing. Because it's just not working. It's working. You're still holding on to all that stuff. You hear what I'm saying? So what do we do about living with shame? Just like last week, we talked about offense. We talked about we can either rehearse it or release it. We can either continue to internalize it and continue to rehearse it in our minds and in our heart, or we can lay it down at the feet of Jesus, the very thing that he was born to come to do, to die and to rise again so that you might have freedom in your life, so that you might have freedom from that shame. There is no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But we have to let that, we have to surrender that shame to Jesus. How do we do that? How do, how do, we, how do we stop thinking that way? How do, how do we stop living in our past and move forward into everything God has for you? I want you to look at Isaiah 54.4. Right? Isaiah, there's all these prophecies about Jesus and, and the coming of Jesus, the coming of the Messiah. This, this is a lot of a lot of things are going on with Israel. They turn from God, and 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 and, and Jesus, or God's speaking through the prophet Isaiah, and he, he's saying, that, "I've got a plan. I've got a plan. I'm going to make a way. Uh, th this is going to happen." And so, in, in Isaiah 54:4, he tells Isaiah, he says, "Fear not. You will no longer live in shame. This is for His people. This is for Israel. Fear not. You will no longer live in shame. Don't be afraid. There is no more disgrace for you. You no longer." will remember the shame of your youth. And, and again, he's talking about this is, this is a, a foreshadow of his plan that's going to come through Jesus. 
It's because of Jesus that they don't have to fear anymore. It's because of Jesus that they will no longer live in shame. It's because of the coming Messiah. For unto us a child is born. Right? It's because of Jesus that they will no longer remember the shame of their youth. Let's pray this morning. Jesus, we love you. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you that there is freedom in you. And that this morning, if anyone is living with shame and guilt, whether they know you or not today, Lord, I pray pray today is the day that they surrender that to you, that they lay it down, God, and that they might be able to experience the hope and joy and peace that Christmas is all about. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We don't have to live in shame because of Jesus. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We, 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 we are able, God, God made a way through Jesus to lay our sin. He died for your sins. He shed blood for your sins so that you might live free as forgiven, as redeemed. But we have to surrender that. We have to turn away. from. We have to repent and turn away from those things in our life. But if we keep internalizing, if we keep that, that shame-based thinking going on, we're going to keep rehearsing it. Keep rehearsing it. And I want to encourage you today to release that to Jesus. Maybe you're not embracing it yet. Maybe you're having a hard time. Maybe, maybe you're squirming a little bit right now. Because you're like, man, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. Well, see, there's an identity thing that's going on in you right now. What am I talking about? Old Testament. Israel, they were held captive in slavery in Egypt for over 400 years, right? God makes a way through Moses to go in and rescue the people. So for 400-something years, these people, that's all they knew was being a slave. They, they, many of them were born into it. They lived it every day, their whole entire life. That's all they knew. That's all they They wake up every day, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. I'm a slave. That was their identity. That's all that they did. That's all they had to do. I wake up. I go. Go to the job site. I do what the slave masters say. They would take the beating from the slave master if, if that's what happened. They would take the abuse. They, would, they probably were barely even getting fed, and, 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 and they were mistreated. And that's all that they were. So you can imagine then they're not feeling worth very much, right? Probably going through some, 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 some uh, of this, I feel worthless, this is all I am, I'm a slave. this is all I'm ever going to be. We keep crying out to God, we keep being promised this, and, 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 and we just, for 400 years, we're not seeing anything change. You can imagine the feeling in their life, that's all they know. And God raises up Moses, and Moses goes before Pharaoh, let my people go, and, 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 and we see this whole scene play out. You can go and, and read about it, but, but we see this whole scene playing out, and, and, and God makes a way. Moses uh, is able to rescue the people, and they go, they cross the Red Sea, and that whole dramatic scene that happens, and then they get to walk into this freedom now. They're no longer slaves. They're now, all they have to do is just rely on God. Give their life to God. Follow His plan. He's got this amazing plan. We're gonna. I've got this land. I've got it carved out just for you. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a land that's going to provide for you and your kids and your future grandkids and 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 for my people for years and and decades and generations to come. I've got this plan. If you'll just trust in me. But what happens? What happens? They can't get it. They can't get it. They may be out of Egypt, but Egypt is still in them, right? 
They, they may not be a slave anymore, but that slave mentality is still in them. So God provides. God provides food. God provides water. God provides all those things. And what do they do? They complain. They keep going back to the way that they used to. Moses, what have you done? You have brought us out here to die. We had it better in Egypt. Really? Really, you had it better in slavery. You had it better feeling worthless. You had it better going through that each and every day. And you cried out for a redeemer. You cried out for a savior. You cried out to be saved, and you were. And now you're going to complain. Right? See, Egypt was in them even though they had left. They had left slavery, but it was still a part of them because that's all they knew for so long. Right? In fact, a whole generation of them were not able to go into the promised land. It had to take all that to get that mentality out of those people so that they could walk into everything there. So, so then, then comes in, and Moses himself doesn't even get to go over into the promised land. And the baton gets handed over to Joshua. And Joshua leads this whole new generation of people into the promised land. Listen, there's some of you here today, you're living like those Israelites. You may know about the freedom that is in Jesus, and you may even have, have taken some steps in a relationship with Jesus. You've been forgiven, and you've, maybe you've repeated that prayer. Maybe you've said it a hundred times every single day, but you're still living with the shame-based thinking in your life. You're still internalizing those choices and those mistakes that you've made over the years. You're still internalizing them. You still believe that you are something that God says you are not. In Romans 12, it tells us to renew our minds, right? You have to renew yourself. Your identity needs to be found in Christ. Your, your identity is not uh, based on what you have done. See, we, we are not what we do. That is not our identity. Your identity is found in Jesus. But you still may be battling with that shame. You still may be battling with some guilt of some things that you've done in your life. See, dominant shame-based thinking says, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm, I'm, I'm inadequate. I've got too many mistakes. I've messed up too much, preacher. Man, God's grace is for everyone, and it's not beyond anyone. God's grace is, is for you. You might, you might feel like you're the worst sinner in the world. Well, we've all felt that at some point in our life, and God doesn't care. He loves you. He loves you and he has a plan for you and he knows what's best for you. If you'll simply surrender your life, your shame and your guilt to him. You might be thinking, man, the more I've thought about it, the more I've tried to do, what this creates is it creates the hamster in the wheel. The more I've thought about it, the more I internalize it, the more, the more, the more I think about what I've done. So you feel like you're not getting anywhere. You're just that hamster in the wheel, and you're just running. You're not, you're not, you're not going anywhere, and you're getting tired, and you feel like, I, I don't, this isn't working. I don't know what else to do. If you're like that today, listen, you don't have to fix your problems. You're not, you're not meant to do it alone. Jesus wants you to trust in him. I know if you're a man like me, we're, we're by nature, we want to fix stuff, right? Fellas in the room, that, I'm true, right? We want to fix stuff. Eh? Ladies, if you're married and you tell your husband, hey, uh, all you're doing is probably just venting from the day and, and we're processing our head. Okay, what can I do? Who do I need to punch? Like, you know, like, what, how, how can I fix it? All they're doing is they're just venting because they need to get it off their chest. 
But in our head, we're thinking, how can we fix this? How can I make it, how can I make it better? And, 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 and so you start thinking about that. You're supposed to be listening to her. And then she's like, are you listening to me? And, and then it creates this whole other issue, right? Because, see, by nature, guys, we, you know, we, we want to we fix problems. We're, we're by nature, we want to do that. I, I, can, I, can I just be real honest? As a husband, sometimes I feel like I fall short. There's a lot of times I feel like I'm, I'm inadequate. As a parent, there's a lot of times I feel like I'm, I'm not doing a great job. Just real talk for a moment. There, there's often times when I feel inadequate. There, there's often times I feel inadequate as your pastor. Because I can't solve everyone's problems. I, I, can't, I feel like I can't, can't, just can't, get, can't reach everybody in the community. I know there's so many people out there and I just feel like we, we just can't reach everyone. Can't be everywhere. Or be everything so daily I feel disappointed at times. Again, that's that perfectionism, right? And what that does is that reinforces any shame that may be in your life. The only way to heal from shame is to move the focus from what you are not to who Jesus is. Take the focus off of you. Take the focus off of what you are not and put it on who Jesus is. He is our Redeemer. He is our Savior. He is our Healer. He is our Shepherd. Come on, somebody. He is your everything. And if you will focus on Him, there will be less time to focus on all the stuff that you are not. We are made perfect in our weakness. So if we'll just simply follow after Jesus. Anytime you might be thinking, man, I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm something bad. You know, there might be some truth of that. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I'm bad. Well, guess what? We're all sinners and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Right? You might be feeling, man, I'm, I'm adequate. Guess what? Yeah, we all are in some way, shape, or form. We were not meant to do this life by ourselves. You might be feeling today like, you know, sometimes I, I'm a little self-centered. Sometimes I'm a little rude. Sometimes I can be a Scrooge, Mark. I'm not saying you. I'm but guess what? Yeah, sometimes we all are. Can, can we just get this out of the way? None of us in this room are perfect. The church is not perfect. We're all on a journey trying to grow, trying to find God in our relationship with Him, in His plan and His purpose for our life. And we're going to make some mistakes at times, but we cannot live in shame and in guilt and in our past, because it will keep you from everything that he says that you are. As long as you're focused on you, you will never be enough. You will never be enough. But because of everything that Jesus is, because of who Jesus Christ is, guess what? I'm not bad. I'm forgiven. Because of who Jesus is, I'm not sick. I'm healed. Because I'm of Jesus, because of Christ, I'm not broken, I am new. Come on, somebody, you better shout in this room. I'm not disgusting, but because of Jesus, I am loved. I am not the son of my past mistakes, but I have purpose and destiny in Jesus. When you take the focus off of everything that you are not, and you put it onto everything that Jesus is, you will see breakthrough in your life. Shame will be surrendered. Shame will come off of you. You might feel like someone has said shame on you. Maybe you've even said that to yourself. Maybe the enemy has been chirping in your ear and saying shame on you. But today I say shame off you. Shame off you today. Remember the Israelites, 430 years in Egypt. 
as a slave. They're out of Egypt physically, but the shame of Egypt wasn't out of them. And Joshua was told in Joshua 5, 9, the Lord said to him, Today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. This is after they have crossed over into the land. They've set up the stones at Gilgal as as a reminder of crossing over. God says, today is the day that that shame, that way of thinking, that way of living is being rolled up. And I would say that today, that Jesus is here. He wants to move in your life. And that way of thinking, uh, living in shame, uh, thinking in shame, feeling like you're in a... That, that way of living and thinking today can be off of you as well. If you'll simply surrender to Jesus. No more shame. Look at someone and say, no more shame. Shame off you today. It's time to roll it away. You are not what others say that you are. Worship team, you guys can come on up. You are not who others say you are. You are not what the enemy would say that you are. You are not even what you're telling yourself. You are everything that Jesus says that you are. You are who Jesus says that you are. You are not your past. You are not what you did. You are not... What someone did to you, you are not who others think you are. You are not who you think you are. You are who Jesus says that you are. This is who he says that you are. Are you ready? You Maybe you need to write this down. I don't know. Maybe you need to record it on your phone. I don't know. Maybe you need to go to the playback of the live stream later and listen to it all over again. But this is who Jesus says. Are you ready? Come on. He says that you are free. He says that you are forgiven. You are changed redeemed you are healed you are blessed you are a chosen royal priesthood you are complete made whole made new you are accepted you are a child of God that is who you are so anytime you begin to feel shame rising anytime you begin to think I am this or I am that begin to think about who Jesus says that you are shame off of you today in the name of Jesus shame off of you fear not if you no longer live in shame you need to prophesy I want to prophesy that over your life today you need to prophesy this over your life fear not you will no longer live in shame don't be afraid there is no more disgrace for you you will no longer remember the shame of your youth you're not what you did you are who Christ says that you are And this is the gift that is offered to us through Jesus. This is what Christmas is all about. Yeah, you might open some presents um, in a week or so. You might be gathering with family and friends. But this is what Christmas is all about. This is the gift that God gives us through His Son, Jesus. You might think that you are a sinner. But Jesus gives you the gift of a Savior. You might think that you are stuck in your past, but Jesus gives you the gift of freedom in your life. You might feel like today that you are lost in this world. You have no idea where you're going. You know where you've been, and you're kind of stuck in that, but you have been given hope and a future. You might feel unsettled in this life from everything that you are feeling and everything that you have experienced, but you have been given peace. This is the gift 
This is Christmas. This is what it is all about. It's all about Jesus, what He has done for you. Come on, aren't you thankful for everything that Jesus has done for you? He was born as a baby. He lived as a man. He died and He rose again so that you might have life. Life to the fullest. You may open all kinds of stuff this Christmas, but this is what you need to unwrap today, here, and now. These are more valuable than anything that you will get at Christmas. These are more valuable. You can't even, you can't put a price on this as far as money goes, but there is blood that has been bought for you by the shedding of the blood of Jesus. It has been paid for you. And if you've been stuck today, you've been held back by guilt and shame or some mistakes that you've had in your life, Jesus would say those same words that he spoke to Joshua so many years ago. Today, I have rolled away the shame of your slavery. Come on, we just stand up all across this room. All you have to do is surrender it to Jesus. Roll it away. Take the shame off. Lay it down at the feet of Jesus because he wants to trade you. He wants to trade you. Everything that he did on the cross was for you. It was for that shame. It was for that guilt. It was for that mistake. It's everything that you are feeling right now. If you'll just simply lay it at the feet of Jesus. Accept who you are in him. Quit looking at who you are not because you will never be enough. But you are worth dying for. You are worth Jesus dying for. When Jesus was on that cross, he did it because he knew you would choose him. He knew you would be dealing with some things one day and you needed to lay it down at his feet. When you surrender those things to Christ, you shift the focus from you to Jesus. Come on, lift your hands up all across this room. Let's worship for a few moments. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.